Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well. We want to give a quick shout out to the Bronx, New York. All right. I have heard that mm-hmm. the Bronx has a super duper superior zoo. Oh, I've never zoo. been. Oh, we'll have to try that. We'll have to go there. The Bronx. Yes, Zoo. yes, yes. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, the Bronx, New York, for listening to us. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. You can check us out at Grace in the Shadows ORG. You can text or call 251 244 4645, or you can email us at Dr. Jonathan at ORG. Check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. There's a link in our show notes if you'd like to click on it and become a monthly supporter. All money that you give does go towards missions. And Dr. J is going to be going to Tanzania. Tanzania. Yeah. So anything that you give currently, we will put towards that trip. Just a couple more hundred. Not not much. So, yeah. That's right. All right. And I do apologize for my voice. I've had a little bit of a cold lately. So that's why I sound a little snuffly. So. All right. Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. Yes. What kind of facts do you have for us today? The cornea is one of only two parts of the human body without blood vessels. So the cornea is the uh, is the clear part of the eye that covers the pupil and other parts of the eye. Cartilage and the cornea are the only types of tissue in the human body that do not contain blood vessels, and that's according to scientists from Harvard. Harvard. Okay. Very nice. Can you pass the the great coupon, coupon, please? Going to Harvard. 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 We saw we saw a good movie today. We did see a good movie today. Um, the Sound of Freedom, right? I keep calling it saying it's a song of freedom, but I think it's the Sound of Freedom. The Sound really of good. Freedom. It, yeah, it was it was tough to watch in some ways. Um because it is talking about uh, children that are um, have been trafficked uh, for sex, and and it was it was it was tough to watch, but it was so amazing to see how God put in uh, one man's heart the need to take this on and to save so many children, and uh, mm-hmm. such an amazing thing. But it, it definitely bring your tissues because you're going yeah. to need them. Um, when and the United it, but, States is one of the yes. largest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sex, sex trade, children's sex trade mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Which is that makes us kind of think, yeah. how many people have we walked by in, in Walmart? Or, children. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's a travesty. And I think that. The church has kind of fallen by the wayside with this, but I think maybe we're becoming more cognizant of the need to be proactive in mm-hmm. fighting this war. I sure hope so. And a lot of people were very surprised at how well this movie has done. Um, it's made a lot of money in the box office. Um, it's more of a, I think it was put out by what Angel Studios. And, and so Correct. they're more of the Christian type movies that a lot of people don't go to. But uh, this one, they have really broken uh, box office records. I was reading an article 
um, about somebody that said that they had been to one in, I don't know what state it was in, but uh, the theater owners had turned off the air conditioner and were trying to make the people that were in the movie theater uncomfortable Wow! while they were watching it. And he put out a post or a blog or something. And several people wrote in and said that they had had that same experience too. So um, that's really sad. Look, thankfully, you know, we didn't have any issues with that today, but um, you know, that just like you were talking about the spirit of antichrist, uh, Mm -hmm. people do not want light. There are many people that do not want light in the world. Um, and don't want Christianity highlighted and good, clean movies highlighted and things like that. So definitely spend your money. Go see this movie. Very worth seeing. Um, and let's, let's take a stand for truth. Yeah, highly yeah. recommend. Excellent yeah. movie. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, going back to another fact, the world's okay. first animated feature film was mm-hmm. made in Argentina or Argentina. Oh, nice. Even if you know a lot of Disney trivia, you might assume that the honor of the first animated feature film belongs to Walt Disney's 1937 movie, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay. But 20 years earlier, a full-length animated uh, feature film was made in Argentina. It was a political satire called El Apostol, made up of 58,000 drawings in hand and a and had a running time of 70 minutes, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, I learned something today. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do one more. How's that? All right. Sounds good. German chocolate cake was invented in Texas. Mm-hmm. That makes me a little sad. I, come on. I hear <laughs> German chocolate cake, and I'm thinking Germany. I do like German chocolate cake. It's good, but it's Texas chocolate cake. Come on. It's special because it's got that uh, icing on top with the nuts and the caramel-like and the, um, what is it, coconut? Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, the German part of German chocolate cake comes from an American man, not a European country. Specifically, it's named after Sam German, who in 1852 created the formula for a mild, dark baking chocolate bar for Baker's Chocolate Company which was subsequently named Baker's German Sweet Chocolate. Fast forward, June 13th, 1957, the Dallas Morning Star published the recipe for the cake, invented and submitted by a reader identified as Mr. George Clay, according to What's Cooking America. Well, there you go. Well, we've learned some interesting facts today. Cool. So it's it's no longer German chocolate cake. It's Texas. Actually, it was named after his last name. (laughs) Right, yeah. right. Okay. All right. So German Texas chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> well, here in Mobile, it's been hot, humid, and storming. Like I said, right now, I'm right at the window and lightning's everywhere <sighs> as Be I careful. got electric, electric uh, ear, everything's electric around me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If I fry, I fry. I'll be with Jesus. Well, let's, let's, let's be a little careful, okay? <laughs> we'll be okay. We don't want yeah. you. Frying on the podcast. <laughs> All yeah. right. So what are we talking about? Hey, that What's may boost downloads. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. We're talking, Sam- yes. we're talking Samson. Okay. Samson yes. chapter 14. No, not Samson. Judges chapter 14. <laughs> Who is right. this I'm guy, Dr. J? Who is this? Samson chapter 14. Yeah. 
Okay. So Judges chapter 14. You want me to do a little reading? Yeah. One through three, if you would. Okay. And this is the second part of Samson. So if you have not heard the first part, you want to pop back to, I'm trying to look for it real quick. You want to pop back to season two, episode 129 and listen to that one and then come back and listen to this one. All right. I can I can give a little bit of a recapitulation or summarization. That would be great. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Well, well, basically, and you can go back and listen, but this is just a broad overview. Mm-hmm. Um, Manoah had a wife, and, yes. and they couldn't have children. And basically, the angel of the Lord, who we believe was the re- pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, came to her and said she's going to have a child, yes. and that she would take a Nazarite vow, and he would take a Nazarite vow mm-hmm. uh, for, for life. Yes. And he would, uh, which would mean he would never cut his hair. He would not be permitted to drink or grape juice or wine. Uh, and he would not be able to intermarry with anybody from uh, another, any woman from another uh, nation or mm-hmm. culture. Right. And he would also not be able to touch dead things. There's more to it than that. But those are the, that's a synopsis. And basically, Manoah and his wife uh, realized that this angel of the Lord was not a typical angel of the Lord, but it was God that they saw. Right. And so here we are today. Okay. And we don't know Manoah's wife's name, Samson's mother, but she yeah. was important. All right. Same name, same name as Noah's wife. Yeah. And lots well, of Well, we don't know that, but they're yeah. not in the Bible as right. far as their name. Yeah. Correct. All right. So, uh, chapter 14 of Judges 1 through 3. Go ahead. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there was a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relations or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She is the right one for me. There's a lot to these three verses. You're right. I mean, if we wanted to, we don't have the time. We could probably talk about this for a couple of weeks. We really could. Um, so Samson went down here and he's starting to look with the lust of the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um at the daughters or the women of the Philistines. Yes. Which really, they were the ones that he was not supposed to be messing around, uh, even considering. You're right. And so he goes down and he told his father and mother, Mm -hmm. "Um, get them for me, get her for me. Right. Now, things about the Bible, if you're like me, I can read something. I have a little ADHD going on and I, maybe I'll start thinking about what I need to cook, you know, eat or, or errands. And you, you miss this part. Right. What's wrong with this statement? What, what is really wrong? I mean, it kind of fits in with a lot of families today. Mm-hmm. Well, he's basically telling his parents what they need to do for him. And it should be the other way around. The, the parents should be the authority. And he should be listening to them. But he's saying, hey, I want you to do this for me. Hop, 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 hop to it. And they're hopping to it. 
They kind of questioned him a little bit, but then he said, get her for me. She's the right one. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Samson was a spoiled brat. Yeah, true, true. Uh, you would think, you know, I think God, with all the Nazarite vow that he required, right, was wanting to be the center of their family, of their life. Correct. Individually and as a family. Mm-hmm. But here, somewhere down the line, his parents began to make him the center. You're right. I think they're like one of the first parent-centered, child-centered, child-centered uh, uh, parenting. Well, and, and it's easy to do, but you have to make sure that you're having that open communication with your spouse and making sure that you are being the parent leaders of the home and the child is not taking over. And we've seen more narcissism in the world. We've seen more child-centered children in the world. And I think it all kind of plays in together. But here it is in the Bible. It happened here as well. And I tend to think that Samson was probably a narcissistic psychopath in a sense. Right. I think he, he, he lacked a conscience. Yes. Um, and he also thought a lot about himself. Oh, he thought highly of himself, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And he probably got this honest because his parents and his family kind of the environment molded him like that. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. So what did his, you know, his father and mother, as you mentioned, you know, told him, is there no woman among the daughters of their brethren? Basically, they're saying, are there no Jews? Yeah. Are there no one, like, according to the Nazarite vow that God Almighty came down and told us to, told us to follow? Right. Um, It was kind of, kind of like a recommendation. It was not very assertive of the parents, was it? They kind of question him, like, you know, should you really? But then they're like not not really exceptionally strong about what they were saying. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they weren't they cared more about their son's opinion. Yeah. Or or once. Right. Than in God's. Yes. Yeah. So he sees this woman in Timna. Mm-hmm. Love at first sight. These are the days of our lives, like sand (laughs) in an hourglass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He instantly wanted her. Did you, Marla, have you ever had love at first sight? Uh, We kind of, well, no. Maybe love at second sight. (laughs) Love at second. That doesn't count. It has to be first. No, I, I can't say that I have. Have you? Not first sight. Yeah. Yeah. But they're out there. They're out there. there. You're right. Um, He says, she pleases me well. Mm -hmm. She's right in my eyes. The Bible says there's a way that seems right in in your eyes. Right. But its end is destruction. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You know, love at first sight is powerful. Yes. But dangerous. Why do you think it's dangerous? Well, because, well, you're going off of your emotions. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're not usually, if you're going off with your emotions, you're not really thinking with your head, you're thinking with your heart, and it's just not 
you're kind of like, ah, ha, ha, ha. you know, you're just not in the right mind. <laughs> right. Sometimes we your love at the first sight. And, you know, I also think that when we backtrack with marrying someone outside of, of the faith, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 7, 3 through 4, States, uh, nor shall you, this is God speaking to the, to the Jews. Right. Nor shall you make marriages with them. Talking about the Gentiles, the pagans. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor their, their daughter, take your daughter for their son. They will turn your sons away from following me. That's the reason to serve other gods. The anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. This is still for Christians. First Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians six fourteen. Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. States, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Mm-hmm. You know, we look at this and. It's not that unbelievers, God, there's, an unbeliever can't be kind, can't be have a, a form of godliness. Prob, I mean, there's some unbelievers that are nicer than a lot of Christians. The point here is that Christ for the Christian would be the, the total priority. Hmm. And if you're married to someone who is not a follower of Jesus Christ, that ceases to be. Became, you become a home divided. That's the reason. Yeah. You're right. And you need to be with the same person that's in the same spiritual level as you as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people say, you're a Christian? I'm a Christian. Let's get married. You know, I know it's more complicated than that, more complex. Well, yeah, but still, but I, I see death. what you're saying. You know, you need, there's a need to have someone with a similar desire and passion and maturity level in the faith. Well, I mean, like they're saying, um, you know, in the Bible, you don't keep on drinking milk and studying God's word. Correct. You eventually, hopefully, should move on to eating meat, just like a baby starts off with milk. And eventually gross enough to be eating real food. You don't want to be a baby Christian still drinking milk. And then, or actually you don't want to be a Christian eating meat and studying God's word and being close with God. And then in a relationship with somebody still drinking milk because you're on such total different levels. And it's going to be difficult. It can, it can work, but it's going to be difficult. And I think in our marriage, mm-hmm. we have been not boasting this is god's no. work right we're kind of on a similar level and we challenge each other oh yes uh, because sometimes you are maybe a little bit behind maybe a little ahead and that iron sharpens iron but it's not it was has never been like we're up here i'm down here or vice versa right right i think you need to have that depth that mm-hmm. humility to learn and grow uh, right. in christ together as a marriage in a marriage like one of you's eating steak, the other one of you's eating chicken, <laughs> and you know, yeah, that's and then maybe a yeah. maybe a swap swap later, you know. But you you're strengthening each other 
it's not like a huge gap. So, yeah. Go ahead and read verse four. All right. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. Here's the thing. God does not make us sin. We know that God is completely holy, completely righteous, totally benevolent. Right. But he's also completely sovereign. True. Sometimes, because he knows our hearts and our struggles, mm-hmm. he will allow our weakness or our struggles, even right. though it's sinful, wrong. Mm-hmm. He will just say, go ahead. Samson, you're going to go flirting with the Philistines? Go ahead. But right. this is just going to fall into part of my plan. Yes. Because this is my plan to destroy the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, that uh, that medic on a battlefield. Right. And you have, you're in, in a war. A man gets shot in the leg. And the, the medic comes and the enemy soldier walks by and he just hates that guy because he's the enemy. And the medic medic knows this. So he says, hey, you really want to make this guy suffer? You want to make him suffer really bad and in pain and all that? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, cut this guy, guy's leg off for me, if you would. And so he's cutting the leg off. He's screaming, ah! You know, at the end, he's fulfilling the purpose. And he's actually helping that guy live. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same way with God. Yes. So God is allowing Samson's sinful desire, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Samson chose it. You know, Samson could have probably been a lot more successful if he would have just obeyed God. It would have been easier on Samson. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But he, he chose it. Right. But God said, okay, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to accomplish what I'm going to accomplish. Right. Yeah. That's why we can say, as, as, as Romans eight twenty eight, we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God according to his mm-hmm. purpose. Yes. That's why I'm not that scared of the storm out here. <laughs> if I get struck, you know, I guess I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Go ahead and read five through nine. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when they went, he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. And in it, he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Dun, dun. He's flirting with destruction. He's flirting with temptation here. Well, I mean, a Nazarite is not supposed to touch a dead body. And that's what he's doing. So he tore this lion apart, you know, as one would have torn a young goat. Now, I'm trying to picture this. A a goat is pretty hard to tear, too. 
well, I was thinking that. Yeah. So I was reading it. I'm like, well, I don't think I could tear a goat apart. But, okay. Um, but, yeah, very interesting. Yes. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit, God, you know, sometimes he will work in people, a lot of yes. times he does. Right. That aren't, that aren't totally right where they need to be. Mm-hmm. As God can do what he wants. You know, sometimes I, I guarantee he's used me in ways and, and I'm not all, where I always need to be. Right. So thank God it's not about us. It's about him and about his grace. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the honey, <clears throat> you know, kind of like uh, you can kind of see some symbolism of the honey being like uh, Christ. Oh, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. He took it and gave it to his parents, his family. He took it. We can see that money was important to share. Right. And so is Jesus. Right. Sharing with family members, sharing with friends. Right. Um. Yeah. Samson brought the honey first to those nearest to him. Yes. Can I put the gospel there? Mm-hmm. Samson brought the honey in his hands mm-hmm. in, the simp- in the simple way available to him. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be a PhD right. uh, to share the gospel and talk right. about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Samson g- gave them some of the honey to taste, mm-hmm. taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Samson brought the honey modestly, not boasting about killing the lion. Right. So we bring the gospel because we're not smarter, for the most part, smaller, smarter than anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just tasted and see, and the Lord is good. And we, right. we've experienced his grace. Yes. And that's humbling. That's right. humbling. Right. So he talks about a riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, read the riddle, 10 through 14. Okay. Now his father went down to see the woman, and there Samson held a feast, as was customary for young men. When they saw him, they chose 30 men to be his companions. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within the seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 set of clothes. If you can tell me the answer, you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. For three days, they could not give the answer. So Samson gave a feast. Literally, this was a drinking feast. Mm-hmm. Samson didn't break his Nazarite vow. He certainly was, you know, by partaking wine, he certainly was putting himself in temptation. Correct. Um, they brought 30 companions. They were not too difficult to get that many people in a drinking feast. No. Changes of clothing. He literally describes here a fine suit of clothes that one would wear on an important occasion. 30 fine suits were wagered. Yeah. It's a friendly wager. Mm-hmm. He's talking about that lion, of course. Go ahead and read 15 through 18. Okay. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us. 
or we will burn you and your father's household to death. They, they weren't playing. Did you invite us here to steal our property? Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing, you hate me. You don't really love me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even explained it to my father or mother, he replied. So why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continued to press him. He just wanted yeah. her to shut up. She, in turn, explained the riddle to her people. Did you go to 19 That's and 20? Fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead, 19 to okay. 20. All right. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, if you, had not, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. <laughs> Samson was not very smart. You shouldn't really call your wife a heifer. No. All right. <laughs> not a cow. Don't you say anything, Jonathan Beeler. Then oh, the spirit no. of the Lord <laughs> came powerfully upon him. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's home. And Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who had attended <gasps> him at the feast. <laughs> He's not having okay. a good day. <laughs> Samson's not having a good day at all. Mm-mm. No. Samson's wife, first of all, uh, Samson's Philistine wife, was manipulating. You think she was manipulating the situation just a little bit? Oh, yes. Yes. And nagging and all all the things. Yes. Some wives will make themselves a burden, I would think, to their husbands until right. they get what they want. And sure. this tactic was used. But, in, mm-hmm. but it can also be poison to the relationship. Right. It ends up costing more than it, its gains. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, finally, he gave in. He just wanted her to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. They shall become one flesh. I don't think the Philistine wife uh, that Samson had uh, read that verse. <laughs> I don't think so either. No. Hmm. Plowed my heifer. Yeah. <laughs> but all of this was part of God's ultimate plan. Mm-hmm. He was going to get ticked off right. and start wreaking havoc mm-hmm. in Philistine, Philistine. Yeah. Yeah. As the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, mm-hmm. upon Samson to avenge the hurt feelings of the husband. Right. God's strategy was larger than that. Mm-hmm. He was seeking a time to against the Philistines. Mm-hmm. It was a plan of God against the Philistine uh, people. Mm-hmm. So he killed 30 men and took their stuff and basically right. said, here's your clothes. Here's your suits. Yep. And how do you think he felt when he found out? Wife was sold to his best man. I don't think he felt very good about it. No. Kind of insulting to him for that to happen, don't you think? I do. I do. What do you think his counselor would have said, premarital counseling? Uh, you need to find somebody else. <laughs> 
might have said, I love my wife, but she seems to nag, nag, nag. She's never going in the same direction. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wilson was ultimately to blame here. Right. Guarding his heart. He chose the wrong woman. Right. No business flirting around with her, yet alone marrying her. Well, he wasn't being the spiritual leader that he should have been. He was just given into her. And it caused a lot of issues. Who do you think would have been at his wedding in modern day? <laughs> All the Hollywood actors? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. All the who's who of the world would be there. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be part three of Samson. Yes, there is. And it gets good. It does get good. It does. So, matter of fact, I think we're going to hop on in just a second and do that. Okay. Yes. It'll be after this one. Well, we we, do. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we're just so thankful that y'all are listening and sharing and downloading. And we hope that you are, you know, learning from especially these Bible characters. Because, you know, sometimes we can learn a lot from somebody not what not to do and that that can help us in our lives just as well as learning what we should do so we're learning a lot from Samson of things that we should not do but we should also remember that we should still God can take your mess turn into a message Samson's a great example for his glory for your good and you see that when we are we going to do a three and four or do you think we'll finish at three? I think we should be able to finish our next next uh, podcast. All right. So you'll yeah. definitely see how God does take Samson's mess and oh, what a mess it was and turn it into a message just like for us, because we make messes all the time. And I'm so thankful that he loves us anyway. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs>